Thanks for tuning back in to this week's message as we finish up with our Jonah series. We watched last week as Jonah helped lead an entire city to a spiritual awakening. So we would expect to find him celebrating and praising God with the people. But as chapter 4 begins, we soon learn that Jonah's reaction is something completely different. Jonah chapter 4 is where we're going to pick up tonight as we finish up our series that we've been in. Following Jonah's life, we come to the final chapter in our journey with Jonah and all in all. We've seen a man who has ran from God. We've seen a man who's jumped overboard a ship. We've seen him be swallowed by a fish. We've seen him really, really regret some of the decisions that he's made. And then we watched as he preached a message last week that helped lead an entire city to repentance. So Jonah didn't start out too hot when we first joined in on his journey in chapter one, but when we, when we last left him, an entire city was experiencing a spiritual awakening. So as we come to chapter 4 tonight, we expect to find Jonah celebrating and praising God for such a miraculous and powerful work. And even though he didn't start out too hot, it seems like Jonah's kind of on the upward swing now. And we would think chapter 4 would be full of Jonah sitting there and basking in the praise of God of what he's just seen him do in a city full of wicked and nasty people. It would have been the last group that you would have expected to preach a message to and then see them come to full repentance. And so we expect to find Jonah shouting and praising and celebrating with the people of Nineveh who have just turned their lives over to God in full repentance. But chapter 4, starting in verse 1, has a different tone to it. God's word says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade to at least see what would become of the city. The title that I've given tonight's message is actually more of a question. Building booths or bridges? Building booths. Or bridges. There's a significant difference between the two. And my prayer is that God will help us grasp what that difference is tonight as we consider this subject. We've just seen Jonah go into the city of Nineveh and preach a word from God. And the people actually listened and repented. And as a result, verse 1 tells us that Jonah looks around and he sees the people repenting and turning to God and he has become exceedingly or extremely displeased and angry about what he sees. So an entire city has come to repentance. Jonah's the preacher. He preaches his message. He gives the invitation. Everybody turns their life back around to God. Any normal preacher, any normal prophet would have celebrated and shouted glory unto God for seeing an entire city respond to their message that way. But Jonah is exceedingly displeased. He is exceedingly angry. So much so that he calls out against God. God, I knew this is what you would do. God, look, I knew it. That's why I ran to begin with, because I knew this is what 
would happen. I knew you would send me to this city full of these wicked people. You'd give me a message to preach. I would preach it, and then everybody would turn towards you, and you would relent from destroying the city. I knew this is what you do. That's why I ran to begin with. That's why I didn't even want to come here. You know what? Just, just, just kill me. Just kill me, God, because I'd rather die than see these people praise you. I'd rather die than see you spare these wicked people out of your grace and your mercy and your love. And then Jonah walks out of the city and we're told in verse 5 that he made a booth for himself. And from that booth he begins to analyze everything that has happened. And he continues to hold out hope that God might yet still destroy the city. I told y'all Jonah was jacked up. Things haven't gone in the direction that he had hoped they would at this point. And so he's built this booth and he's just sitting there and he's looking over everything that has just transpired. And you know, I think for some of us here tonight, maybe lately some things haven't gone in the direction that you have wanted them to either. And like Jonah, we've built our own booths. And now we're sitting in them and we're analyzing everything that has happened over the past few days, over the past few weeks, the months, the years, however long it's been that has happened in our life. But there's two things that I want to share with you guys tonight that we need to see that happen when we go building booths for ourselves. And the first one is that the booth produces a wrong perspective. Jonah's sitting inside the booth and his perspective has turned in a completely wrong direction. And we can see this in the attitude of his prayer. Go back and look uh, at the beginning of chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, and he prayed to the Lord. Now the last time that we saw Jonah pray, where was he at? He was in the belly of the fish. And his prayer was completely different than what we see here in chapter 4. And it was a completely different situation, a completely different circumstance. But we can see that his perspective has gone completely backwards by the way his attitude is in his prayer here. Because when Jonah prayed inside the fish, he was thankful for God's grace. He was thankful for God's mercy. He was thankful for God's patience with him. He was thankful for God's steadfast love. He was thankful that God spared his life. But now that God has shown that same grace, now that God has shown that same mercy now that God has shown that same patience and that same steadfast love, and now that God has shared that same salvation with the Ninevites, he's filled with anger and rage over it. And what had at one time in his life caused him to praise is now his reason for pouting. Because his perspective is completely backwards and he's sitting in the booth and he's looking out over the city and instead of sharing in the celebration of the newfound life that these people had found he's holding out hope that God might yet still destroy them that shouldn't be the perspective of a servant of God our perspective should never be to hold out hope that God would destroy the wicked after we've seen him do something mighty in their lives. And so Jonah has built this booth out of anger. But you know, it doesn't matter what you make your booth out of. The result is always going to be a wrong perspective. Your booth might not be built out of anger. Your booth might be built out of discontentment. Your booth might be built out of comparison. 
Your booth might be built out of failure. You might have built a booth out of lack of achievement or a lack of popularity. But it doesn't matter because the result is always going to be a wrong perspective. Let, let, let me show you. If you built a booth, let's say you're like Jonah, and something's gone wrong in your life, and you, you are mad, you are angry, you are upset at what God has done, and you have built your booth out of anger. This is what I mean. When you're sitting in the booth, and let's say our booth is made out of anger just like Jonah, then everything in your life begins to filter through that perspective. And so because I'm angry, my anger begins to pour out on everybody else around me. So I'm not just angry at the situation, I'm angry at the people. And they might not have anything to do with the situation or the circumstance that I'm in, but because I'm sitting in this booth and it's built out of anger, then my perspective is filtered through everything that has to do with what caused my anger to begin with. So let's say that it's not anger. Well, maybe it's discontentment. The rule still applies. If my booth is built out of discontentment, then everything in my life begins to filter through that perspective. And so now the things that I once counted as blessings in my life, I'm no longer satisfied with. The things that I thought were once good in my life that I was happy that God provided for no longer meet the standard for me anymore. Well, maybe it's not anger, maybe it's not discontentment, but maybe it's comparison. And once again, the rule applies. If I'm sitting in a booth and my booth is comparison, then everything in my life is filtered through that perspective. So now I look at everybody else's life around me, and I once was thankful for the life that God has given me, but now my perspective changes, and I say, well, why can't I have that relationship? Well, why can't I be that kind of parent? Well, why can't I make those kinds of grades in school? Why can't I have that kind of success? Why can't I have that kind of house? Why can't I have that kind of car? Why can't I have those kind of material possessions like everybody else has? And maybe it's not anger. Maybe it's not discontentment. Maybe it's not comparison. Maybe it's failure. And so now, everything in my life is filtered through the perspective of my perceived failure. Well, I was a failure then I'll probably be a failure in marriage. And I'll probably be a failure as a parent. I was a failure in school, so I'll probably be a failure in my career. Maybe your booth is made out of a lack of achievement. And so now everything gets filtered through that perspective. And as I'm looking out at the landscape around me, I think, well, I've always been an underachiever, so what's there for me to expect that anything would ever change? Maybe my parents were right. I'll never add up to anything or anybody. Maybe that personality test is a true description of my character. Or maybe it's popularity, like we mentioned. And everything is filtered through trying to fill the gaps in my life because I don't feel like I have the popularity that my peers do. Because I don't have as many followers on Instagram. Well, I don't have as many followers on Twitter as everybody else around me seems to have, so everything gets filtered through that perspective of me lacking popularity. And on and on and on it goes. And just like Jonah, in a lot of ways, we sit in that booth. And we begin to analyze all the things that have happened recently in our life that have led us to that place. And the more we look, the longer we sit, the madder we get. 
until the very things, listen to me, guys, until the very things that at one time in our life caused us to praise have now become the very reasons why we pout. The Israelites, wandering out in the desert, begged and asked God for food. We're going to starve out here, Moses. Why'd you bring us out here? At least in Egypt we had food. So Moses prays on behalf of the people and he asks God to send food and they wake up the next day and there's manna from heaven. Thank you, God. Thank you for bringing us food. Thank you for your provision in our lives. We praise you for it. A few days later, they jump in the booth and that perspective turns into we hate manna. We don't want manna anymore. We're sick of manna. God, give us something other than manna. I can't handle one more meal of manna in my life. Take it away. Don't want to see it again. I'm sick and tired of manna. Give me something else. The thing that they began to praise God about sooner or later turned into the thing they were pouting about. And you might think, well, good for the Israelites. Because that ain't true in my life. They were just a bunch of whiny babies wandering around in the desert. And I've never, ever, ever, ever turned something that I used to praise God for into something that I now pout about. That's funny. That's funny. Let me give you a few examples to see if maybe one doesn't strike home for us. God, I really, 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 really need a job. I really need a job. I'm out of college or I'm still in college. Funds are running a little low. I could really, really, really use a job, God. God gives you a job. Thank you, God. Yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for this job. I know it doesn't pay all that much. The benefits aren't that great. But hey, it's going to put food on the table. It's going to get the bills paid. But after a while, we jump in the booth. And now the very thing that we were praising God for, we begin to pout about. Well, I, this job, I work way too hard to get paid the amount that I get. I mean, good grief. It's some, when can I get a promotion? When can I get some extra vacation? When am I going to get the benefits everybody else gets around me? I'll leave you alone. I'll leave you alone. No, I won't. God, I need somewhere to live. I, I really just, I need you to provide a place for me to stay. My parents don't want me at home no more. They say I'm getting too old to stay in the house. So I got to find somewhere to live. I'm going off to college somewhere. I got to find somewhere to stay. I got to find, find somebody to stay with. I got to find a roommate. I need somewhere to live. God provides you somewhere to stay. Thank you, God. Yes, Jesus. Somewhere to live. A roof over my head. Thank you for this apartment. Thank you for this house. I know it's not the biggest. I know it's not the best. But thank you, God, for providing it in my life. It's just what I needed right now. You spent about two or three years in that place, and the very thing you were praising God for becomes the reason that you're pouting. This place just don't get it anymore, God. We're outgrowing. I need something nicer. I need something better. I need something with more room. I got three roommates now instead of two, and I ain't but one bathroom in this place. God, I need something new. I need something better. All right, we're done, for real. Moving on. One more. God, thank you for saving me. 
God, thank you for redeeming me from the life that I once walked in. And God, I can't express my praise. I can't express my thanks enough for you leading me to this church to be a part of. This is my family. This is my home. I love this place. The very thing that we praise God for, once again, can become the very thing that we pout over. I'm never going back there again. I'm never going back to that place again. Because somebody one time said something about me. And I'm done. I'm done with that place. I'm not going to be a part of somewhere that is full of a bunch of hypocrites. I don't care. I can do my own thing. I can have church on my back porch. I can sing my own songs. I can preach my own message. It's all good. And I can have my coffee cup sitting beside me the whole time. And the very thing that we used to praise Him for has become our very reasons for pouting. That's what the booth gets you. But you know what doesn't even end there? It didn't end there for Jonah. Because here's what happens once we get in the booth. Our perspective from whatever issues that we might have that we've built it with, our perspective then transitions into the fact that we want everyone else to fail and to be as miserable as we are sitting in the booth. Why do you think that, Trey? Because Jonah's sitting outside the city in the booth still hoping that God would destroy the very people that he just relented from wiping off the face of the earth. And Jonah's sitting in the booth and he's saying, maybe if I sit here long enough, they'll screw something up and God will wipe them out. Why? Because he was miserable. Because he felt like a failure in his own right. Because he was angry. He wanted everybody else to feel exactly like he did. That's what happens, guys, when we jump in a booth of whatever making we want to make it out of. Whatever you carry into that booth with you is exactly how you want everybody else to feel around you. And you can deny it all you want, but I've been there. I've sat in the booth. I've been angry and I've sat in a booth and I wish that everybody was as ticked off as I was. Stop being so happy. Stop smiling. Stop asking me why I ain't smiling. Leave me alone. Shut up. Mind your own business. I've been in that booth and I've made it out of discontentment and I wanted everybody else to be discontent with me. Stop being so happy. Stop being so content with life. Ooh, look at me, I'm Paul. I've learned how to be content in all things. Yeah, whatever, I bet you have. Let's see God take some of the things out of your life He's taken out of mine. We'll see how content you are then. Don't look at me like you're so stinking spiritual. All y'all got the same flesh wrapped around your body that I do. I've been in that booth and I've built it out of comparison. You think it's a struggle now? Wait till you take the next step in life. Wait till your friends are making more money than you are. Wait till your friends have a bigger house than you do. Wait till your friends drive a nicer car than you do. And tell me you won't build a booth out of comparison and sit there and say, I wish everybody else had the same life that I had. Well, why can't I have a life like them? If they can't have mine, why can't I have theirs? Sat in the same booth built out of failure. And looked around and wanted everybody else to feel like a failure with me. 
It's a backwards perspective. It's a wrong perspective. It is not the perspective that men and women of God should be carrying around with them. But there's a second problem with the booth. It's not that it just produces a wrong perspective. It's that it places out of position. If you look back in the very first part of verse 5, it says that Jonah went out of the city. Jonah went out of the city. Jonah left the city so that he could make a booth so that he could watch from the outside. Jonah went out from the city. Jonah made a booth so that he could watch the city from the outside. He's out of position. He's out of position. Why? Because these people had just surrendered their lives in repentance to God. Jonah should not be outside of the city. He should still be at ground zero inside the city, discipling these people, showing them and teaching them what it means to continue to live a life full of surrender to God. He shouldn't be outside looking in. He should be on the inside looking around, showing these people, teaching them. But he's out of position. And he's out of position in this sense horizontally. He's out of position with the relationships of the people around him. Can I just tell you all this about the booth? The booth is a place of selfishness. And you know why I say that? Because you're the only one sitting in it. There's nobody else in there with you. And Jonah has gotten out of position. And he's become extremely selfish in his attitude towards these people and what God has done in their life. And he's only concerned about himself at this point. And he's not just out of position horizontally with the relationships of the people around him, but he's out of position vertically in how he was relating to God. And you can always tell when this happens because it's usually characterized by drastic emotional swings in response to life circumstances. The only exception to this is a pregnant woman. Only exception. She can have drastic emotional swings and it doesn't have anything to do with her being out of position spiritually. But when you get out of position vertically, it is usually characterized by these drastic emotional swings that people have in response to life circumstances when they encounter them. And I'll show you what I mean by that. Look in verse 6. Look at how, how Jonah is, is responding here. It says, Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. Which is... Another testimony of how gracious our God is because here's Jonah having a pity party and pouting his little sorry self to no end and God still provides something of comfort for him. And so Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. Oh, what in the world? In verse 1, Jonah was exceedingly angry. Now, just a few verses later, he's exceedingly glad. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm. <laughs> oh, man. Some things that God does in our life you can't help but laugh at, even if it's at somebody else's expense. God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint, and he asked that he might die and said, it's better for me to, live, better for me to die than to live. Emotional swings. 
God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor? Nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night? And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle, emotional swings. Jonah's exceedingly angry, then he's exceedingly glad, and then he's saying, kill me all over again. Why? Because he's out of position. And I'm telling you, man, tell me the same isn't true in your life. When you get out of position vertically, everything just goes whoop, 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 all over the place in your life. You're happy one minute, you're ticked off the next, you're crying the next, you're rejoicing the next. Everything's up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Psalm 125 verse 1 says that those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They shall not be moved. When my trust is steady in my God, my circumstances do not affect my emotions to the point where they're at a high and then at a low. And then at a high and then at a low. Because I trust fully in my God, I shall not be moved. Circumstances may come. Things may disappoint. I might get let down. They may not work out. They may not go in the right direction. But it doesn't matter. My trust is in Him and I shall not be moved. I'm constant and I'm steady. Because I'm set upon Him. And Jonah's out of position in a bad way. When God provides the plant to give him a little shade from his discomfort. And then God provides the worm. And the worm eats the plant. And then God sends the wind. And Jonah begins to pout all over again. And you know what's amazing to me? About this lesson that God is teaching Jonah. is He didn't even realize this, but Jonah had more pity for the plant than he did for the people. In the world. This is the danger of sitting in the booth and getting out of position. You began to pity the material things in your life that you seemingly lost, that you had nothing to do with actually gaining because you came into this world with nothing. God gave you everything that you have while you're here, but you're pitying the things that you lost that you had nothing to gain over. But you won't pity a lost family member that you know is lost and is going to end up spending an eternity in hell if nobody does anything to send the gospel to that person. That won't keep you up at night. That won't keep us crying on the altar when we have the chance. That won't keep us on our toes looking for an opportunity to share with them every opportunity we get. But God takes one little single material comfort out of our life and we get up in arms about it. We're out of position Our own comfort should never be our greatest concern. The nation of Israel, they actually celebrated a holiday called the Feast of Booths. Kind of ironic, isn't it? The Feast of Booths. And what it was, it was a time for the nation to reflect back on the time when God brought the people out of Egyptian bondage. And as He brought them out of bondage, obviously they were a homeless people headed to the Promised Land. So what they would do is when it came time to make camp at night, the people would build booths to temporarily stay in for that night. And so as these people celebrated this holiday, it was a time for the nation to look back and commemorate the time when God brought them out of Egypt and led them into the Promised Land. So what they would do as a part of the celebration is that for a limited amount of time, these people would temporarily stay in booths that they made. And the booths actually served as a symbol of their deliverance. But Jonah's booth stood as a symbol of his disappointment. Because he's out of position. 
God's deliverance should never be labeled as disappointing. And the last testimony that Jonah left on the lives of the Ninevites was a booth that he left standing outside of their city as a symbol of his disappointment of what God had done for them. Wow. It's heartbreaking. But the thing that God has really shown me in all of this is that he isn't about building booths. Our God's about building bridges. That's why he sent Jonah to Nineveh to begin with. Because he wanted them to help with bridging the gap between the Ninevites and God. That's why his plan from the beginning, ladies and gentlemen, was to send Jesus to us. So that he could bridge the gap that separated us and God. That's why he has us here now. Because he wants to give us the privilege of continuing to help bridge the gap in people's lives to him. That's why I think he sent the worm and the wind. Trying to send Jonah a message to get out of the booth and get back to the bridge. And there's some of you here tonight, you might be sitting in the booth, and I think God's trying to send us collectively a message that says, get out of the booth and get back to the work of the bridge. I've got you where I've got you for a reason. I've put you in this place. I've put you around these people so that you can help build the bridge that closes the gap between me and them. So what about your life? What about the place where God has you now? Are you busy building your own booth? Or are you helping to bridge the gaps? Because here's what I've learned. Booths isolate. But bridges connect. So our prayer needs to be that God would use our lives to serve in helping connect people to Him. Thanks again for listening to the message. It has been an interesting journey as we have followed along with Jonah. Our prayer is that God has used His life to make an impact on yours. As we've just heard in this message, we encourage you to get out and leave behind whatever booth you've built get back to helping with the bridge, connecting people to the love of God. Be sure to keep checking back in for what's coming up next here at Life.